At Gates, we are passionate about the Word of God. We hope the message you are about to listen to empowers you today. So we've been on a series entitled Relationships, and I've made an executive decision that I'm going to minister this today, and I'm going to minister it for the next three weeks, and on Father's Day it'll end. And on Father's Day I have a message regarding husband and wife relationship and the connection that the father has to that relationship and every other relationship. And you, you won't want to miss that. Um, also, we're going to talk about, in the next two weeks before Father's Day, we're going to talk about employer-employee type relationships and then we're going to talk about friend-to-friend relationships. And the husband and wife and father relationship on Father's Day. And I believe uh, that will be the end of the series on relationships. I believe it. I believe so. So today, and, and we've touched a little bit in, these, in, the, in this series that we started in, at the end of April. Um, we've touched a little bit on all of these in, in different messages, but... I want to extensively go into finish with these today and the, the other three, uh, these four types of relationship. And today, um, we're talking about relationship between God and man. The relationship that we have with our God and what that looks like and how we have to see it. Everybody say relationship. When I started this series, we started with a few definitions of the word relationship, and I want to remind you of those. Um, Probably the strongest word that defines relationship is the word communion. It's kononia in the Greek, but the word communion, connection to God, to commune with Him. Not just a kind of here today, gone tomorrow type relationship, not just a light relationship, but a communion relationship, a connection, one that you have, that you have relationship with Him, communication with Him. The, the connection with the Father causes all other relationships to be good. Any relationship that you're struggling in in life, I promise you, you keep working on your relationship with God, and that relationship will be worked out. I promise you. I, because I've seen it happen. If anybody had a boatload of bad relationships in life, it was me. I mean a boatload. Maybe a boat with a trailer. Hmm? <clears throat> boatload. Bad relationships, couldn't get along with people, everything was people's fault, you know, that's the way you, you learn that in life. It's, 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 the, it's the life of survival, you know, where, where you got to blame someone else so that it, all the, the focus and the light isn't on you. And the root behind all of that is fear. It's fear. But it's the fear of man. It's the fear of failure. It's, it's intimidation of man. It's being intimidated by people. Um, one of the one of the, one of the greatest one of the greatest revelations that I've gotten in life is that 
when you have a relationship with God, you take a back seat to nobody. Not in pride, because pride's not of God. But you don't have to live your life intimidated by anybody. I don't, I don't care, because in, in most people's minds, you compare yourself, you compare yourself to other people based on maybe how much money they have, uh, some position that they have. Uh, you compare and looking at other people and say, well, I, I don't measure up to that person. Now, honoring people in places of authority, right, is a whole different thing. If our mayor here in Kerrville came in today and was sitting in our uh, service and I knew that, uh, I would honor her. I would acknowledge her and honor her as I have with two of the previous mayors that uh, when, when they were mayors, when they were here, we honored them. I, I, I'm not, I'm not going to be intimidated because of their position, but I had to learn what that looked like. I had to learn how to understand life through God's eyes. Today we're talking about our relationship with God, my relationship with God, your relationship with God, and His relationship with us. I'll just tell you this, God does not want you intimidated by anybody in any situation. When you need to honor, honor. You've got to learn that too. Many people don't know how to honor. Well, who are you? Well, it doesn't matter who they are. If they deserve to be honored, the Bible says honor to those who deserve honor. That's what the Bible says. And so you have to learn how to do that, but that doesn't mean intimidation. You know, groveling at their feet. There's only one that we bow down to, and that's Him. Did you hear what I said? Not anybody else. If I was... um, well, she's passed away, but if I was in the presence of, of the Queen of England and it was normal for, for people to, like, take a knee to the Queen, I'd do it. I'm not, that, that's not acknowledging her above God, number one, because the Queen that just passed away had a real relationship with him. From what I've read and what I heard, I heard her say it myself, I have an uncle that is a bishop in the Episcopal Church, or a retired bishop, and he knew her and preached to her and spent time with her and said she, she, she believed in God. She had a real relationship with God. So if, if, I, if, it, if that was part of honoring her and I needed to take a knee for her, I'd do it. I'll do it. And, and with, with joy and with real honor and, and honoring her for who she was in that position, but I will not take a back seat. Hmm? I can stand there. And you know what I hear God saying? Every time I'm in those type of situations, and I'm in them a lot of times, it seems like, but I get in those type of situations when someone maybe is wealthier than I am, or they have a bigger position than I or anything else. You know what I hear God say to me? You belong here because you're mine. <laughs> That's why you belong. You belong here. You can, you can be who you are. You, you don't have to be an idiot or be belligerent or you don't have to have a prideful attitude toward other people because I promise you that can be seen and that's not God. You know, what, you know what God is? First and foremost, He's humility Himself. He is true humility. Those who humble themselves under the mighty hand of God, He will exalt them in the proper time. 
You don't have to worry about being exalted and taken care of. God will make sure that you find that place if you humble yourself under Him. Today, in the Scriptures that I'm reading to you, I just want you to hear and see your relationship in these Scriptures. God wants you to see your relationship and how that relationship needs to get stronger. Everybody sitting in here, just, 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 a, just accept it right now. You don't have to say it out loud, but just accept the fact you need a deeper relationship with God, myself included. Everybody sitting in here, you'll always need a deeper relationship because if you didn't, then you wouldn't need Him anymore. We got this. We developed it, done it for 25 years, and now I've got it. Woo, that's a dangerous place. Because you're not a good Lord. <laughs> you're not a good one to be in control of your life. You need Him in control. Then you do what He says. Then it looks like you're in control and you're, you're successful. Like Fabian talked about earlier with, with what he did. He began to acknowledge the greatness of God. And as he began to do that, increase began to happen. And it's progressively happened in that way. Can you say amen? So Psalm 118 and verse 6. The Lord is on my side. I will not fear or be intimidated or take a back seat. What can man do to me? So I'll say it like this. You could say the last part of that verse like this. Or, and, and, and most of these verses I'm going to read like this. So I'm reading this over myself. Father, I thank you that you're on my side I choose today to be afraid of nothing. I know today that man can do nothing to me. Because the answer to that question is, what can man do to you if God's on your side? Absolutely nothing. <laughs> huh? Absolutely nothing. Well, they could take my life. Absence from the bodies in the presence of the Lord, that's a pretty good thing. But they really can't take your life either. Jesus proved that. They couldn't take his life until he gave it. Until he gave it up, they couldn't touch him. They wanted to push him over the side of the cliff, and he just walked right through him. I don't know how that, what that looks like when there's all kinds of people, and there's, you know, at least a dozen to a hundred that want to push him over the side of a cliff. And how do you get lost? Because God's on your side. Can you say amen? What are we talking about? Our relationship with God. God's relationship with us. Psalm 124 and verse 2 and 3. If it had not been the Lord who was on, I'm, I, so I'm putting this in the first person. If it had not been the Lord who was on my side, when men rose up against me, then they would have swallowed me alive when their wrath was kindled against me. My help, and now verse 8, um, my help is in the name of the Lord who made heaven and earth. That's who my God is. Had I not known Him, I could have been swallowed up. Had I not known Him, I could have been overcome. Had I not known Him, they could have got the best of me. But no, 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 no. My help is in the name of the Lord. My help comes from my relationship with Him. That means nobody can hurt me, nobody can touch me, Nobody can get the best of me. That's what that means. 
Isaiah 41 and verse 10. Fear not. Here's God to us. Fear not. I am with you. Be not dismayed. For I am your God. I am. And because I'm your God, this is him saying it, I will strengthen you. Oh, yes. Hmm. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. (laughs) What can man do to you when he's strengthening you? How's it going today? Oh, I just... When I'm weak, he's strong if I have a relationship with him and I'm drawing that strength from him. We teach how to do that around here all the time. That's our calling here, is to make disciples and teach people how to draw their strength when you're weak. I'll help you. I promise you, you need help. You need help because God made you, but He made you to have a helper to help you. He didn't didn't create you to have a doer do everything for you. He He created you to have a helper help you, and if you let the helper help you, and then you do what the help tells you to do, boom, it works. Say it. I need help. Yeah. And he said, good. I'll help you. You have to come to the realization that you need help. Well, I don't need any help. I I can handle it. No, that's the worst thing you could ever say. Amen? I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. (laughs) At his right hand are, I mean, just go through the list that the Bible talks about that are at his right hand. Riches, honor, glory, majesty, strength, power, deliverance. (laughs) He said, I'll uphold you with my righteous right hand. This is God in our relationship to Him. Deuteronomy 31.6 is God telling us again, be strong and of good courage. Do not fear nor be afraid of them. I've talked about this verse of Scripture at different times, and the them has to do, this is Deuteronomy, and this is Moses' last will and testament to the people that were going into the promised land, and he said, don't be afraid of any of those enemies. So whatever enemy that you're up against in life, he's saying, he says to us, be strong, be of good courage, do not fear, nor be afraid of any of the enemies. Why? Why? For I am the Lord your God, and I am the one who goes with you, and I will not leave you nor forsake you. Whoo! Huh? Nothing to fear. We have nothing to fear. We have nothing to be intimidated by. We have nothing to be afraid of. We have no reason to think. He can't take care of everything in our life, but we've got to draw it from Him. We've got to receive it from Him. We've got to daily be reminding ourselves that it belongs to me. I have to be afraid of nothing. Nothing. And the reason Moses told them that was 
because of all the spies that went into the promised land to check it all out, ten of them came back afraid of how big the giants were. Moses is saying to Joshua and Caleb, the two that came back and said, we can do this. Don't be afraid. The other ten and all their families and everybody didn't go in. But the two that believed what God had told them in the beginning, he didn't send them there to spy out the land to decide whether they could take it or not. He sent them in to see what he had already given. And that's the way you and I have to see our relationship with God. He's given us everything, then on our part, we've got to receive it from him. There's not anything he's not already given us. Can you say amen? Now, I'm going to read these two verses in Romans chapter 8, and I want you to see something here that as you receive it today and you let it develop in you from today on, it'll change your life. You'll never be the same from today on if you'll get a hold of what I'm going to give to you today concerning your relationship with God. Your relationship with the Father through Jesus Christ. Two verses. One point. Verse 31. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? We just read that in the Old Testament. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, the question is, who can be against us? So, he answers that first question with another question. He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? The most valuable Commodity on the planet is Jesus Christ. There's nothing more valuable. We sang about the name today. He is the most valuable commodity on the earth. Nothing more valuable than Him. So I want you to think about what was just said in this verse. It said... Father, who did not spare His own Son, but delivered Him up for us all. Everybody. Everybody up to this date and everybody that will ever live here, ever. He died one time for all men. He did not spare His own Son, but delivered Him up for us all. So, No matter what you need, what you will ever face in life, the Father didn't spare His Son, but He gave His Son. So that you and I would have everything that we need. And my point is this. When Father is looking at you, He's seeing you through His decision to not hold back. He's seeing you 
through his decision of not holding back but giving the best of heaven so that you and I would have the best. Do you think that there's anything that you desire that you got from God that's too big for Him? Too expensive for Him? Too difficult for Him? Mm -mm. He did it for us. And the way He sees you, when you have a need, He sees you through not just what Jesus did, because Jesus had to choose, as I talked about earlier, He had to choose in the garden what He was going to do. His will and the Father's will were not the same in that moment. But He said, not my will, but yours be done. He had to choose. But God's not just seeing you through what Jesus accomplished. As a Father, He's seeing you because what are we talking about today? Our relationship with our Father. And He's seeing you through the decision he made to not hold back for you. So when he sees you, Randy, you know what he says? You're worth it. You are worth it. If sickness and disease tries to attack your body, now you're worth it. See, our part is we have to be able to receive it. People misunderstand that. They think, well, you know, if God healed us, then why didn't that just automatically just happen? No. I wish it did. And I wish, you know, I don't have all the answers about that. When we get to heaven, you got answers that aren't answered here. He'll answer them. But he'll answer them now. He'll show us now. That's why we want to grow in our relationship with him. We want to see him the way he sees us, and, and, and it's just like God keeps saying to me, it wasn't just what Jesus did, it's what I chose to do for you. I chose not to hold back for you. I gave the best for you, and that's what, when he sees each one of us here, you're worth it. You deserve to be healed. You deserve not because of how good you are, but because of His choice to redeem you. You have a right to prosper. As Fabian was talking about the advancement over the last eight years of his life. Why? Because he has a right to. Not because of how good he is, how awesome that our Father is and was when He made the decision, I choose you. I choose you. So everything was included in that. You cannot pull something out of there and say, well, yeah, I understand that, but this situation is kind of difficult. <laughs> like you're that special that, that some difficult thing that came against you was not going to be taken care of through the decision Father made and what Jesus chose in the garden. That's why you've got to see these things in that relationship with God. Our part is to receive. I've been reading what he has said and done, but our part is to receive it. Now, I want you to see this in this verse of Scripture. I got this passage and, and one other, and, I'm, and I'll be done with it. 
But I want you to see this. This is very interesting in light of what we're talking about today. It's a familiar passage, but in light of relationship, I want you to hear this. 1 John 3 and verse 18 says, My little children, that's you, me, let us not love in word or in tongue, but in deed and in truth. And by this we know that we are of the truth and shall assure our hearts before Him. We shall assure our hearts before Him. For if our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart. You know how many people don't know the difference in condemnation and conviction? Most people feel like if they feel condemned for something that they've done, that's God condemning them. Now, God doesn't have condemnation in His whole nature. He doesn't, he doesn't have to do that. He has the Holy Spirit living inside of us that can bring conviction about what we do that helps us to turn to Him instead of away from Him trying to hide the mistakes that we've made. But you, where, where do you get this from? He said, when, he said, by this we know that we are of the truth and shall assure our hearts before Him. My responsibility is to assure my heart before Him. 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 Father Him. Him. My, my, not my earthly father, my heavenly father, my daddy. He's told me I'm worth it. I want you. I love you. I've done everything for you. I want you to receive from me, and I want you to not be afraid. Did we just read those verses? Fear not, I'm with you. Be not dismayed, I'm your God. Right? I will strengthen you, I'll help you, I'll, I'll, I'll support you with my righteous right arm. Everything you need has already been done. You're worth it. So, we live in this world. Anybody ever felt condemned? Okay, everybody raise your hand. Everybody's done it at least once. <clears throat> if you don't raise your hand, you're, you're a liar. So, now, now you're going to be condemned because you're lying. No. So, so he says... For if our heart condemns us, God's greater than my heart. Because why? He knows everything. God that lives in me knows everything about everything. And I got the Holy Ghost that wants to reveal to me everything about everything. So I can know everything about everything that I need to know. Because I got Him inside of me. Beloved, if our heart does not condemn us, watch this, we have confidence toward God. And whatever we ask, we receive from Him because we keep His commandments and we do those things that are pleasing in His sight. So watch this. Watch this. Okay, Pastor, I'm going to just try not to be condemned anymore. No? No? You'll, You'll never get it that way. See, when your heart condemns you, the God that lives inside of you is greater than your heart. When your heart condemns you, God is greater than your heart. So I turn to Him, and when I turn to Him, and then my heart isn't condemning me, then I have this supernatural confidence, and whatever I ask, I receive, because I'm doing the things He wants me to do. Why would my heart condemn me 
and keep me from receiving and being able to ask? Why would my heart condemn me? It would condemn me because I'm not seeing me the way he sees me through, and today I'm just talking mainly about this, through the decision he made to not hold back from me. Gosh, I just get chills. I mean, I got chills. Goose bumpies. Wow. Just think about it. Think about it. That, I'm telling you, that will change your life forever if you stop and think that Father chose you. If I lined everybody up here today, we put a microphone, and nobody was embarrassed to say something about it, and I ask you, Tell me one time when somebody didn't choose you. Everybody would have a, a time when somebody didn't choose you. They didn't choose you. And you know what happens? You internalize that, and then you start making decisions based on that. But when you develop a relationship with Him and you see that He chose you and He didn't hold back for, for you, that's what causes your heart to release, condemnation to release, confidence to arise, and then, hey, you walk in a room and you're intimidated by nobody, not in pride and arrogance, but because of whose you are. Because whew, He chose you and me. He chose not to hold back the best that he had, his only son, so that you and I could be free. Wow. Man. I'll just say this. I'm really passionate about having right relationships with everybody on the planet. I, I'm passionate about it. I'm passionate for you to have it. But when your heart doesn't condemn you, you can work on and develop relationships with everybody. And every relationship you have can be developed. Maybe not every relationship is perfect, right? None of them are going to be perfect, but some will be better than others. But you can keep developing every relationship because there's no condemnation in your heart. You're not holding back. You're not seeing yourself the way you see yourself. You're beginning to see yourself the way he saw you when he said, I choose you. Now you have no intimidation. Most people have a hard time with relationships because of how they see themselves. Whole law is fulfilled in one statement. You will love your neighbor as you love yourself. Reason people don't love their neighbor, which is anybody other than you, reason people don't love their neighbors because they don't love themselves. Because they're walking around in condemnation. Because of how they see themselves. God's saying to you today, I'm believing today your life will never be the same as you allow that revelation to become real to you, that God chose, Father 
chose you. He chose you. No matter who didn't choose you, no matter who's let you down or anything else, he chose you. Yeah, but Pastor, I just need some skin making me feel that way. I know, I know. But the more you develop a relationship with him and you get you dealt with, then skin will love you too. See, the, the truth of the matter is, and I'm speaking, I'll just speak about myself. Reason I did, I struggled in so many different relationships. I didn't like myself, I would admit it. I didn't think I didn't. But when you don't when you when you don't love yourself, when you don't like who you are, then you're blaming everybody else. And you're mad at everybody else. You're you find things to be angry with, and you're not a likable person. I wouldn't. Ask my wife. I wasn't a likable guy. I mean, I could, I could put on a smile, and one guy, one person one time called me Guy Smiley, because I used to smile all the time, everything's great, you know, but it wasn't great. It wasn't great. You know, you, you, you can fake it till you make it for a little while, but after a while, it catches up with you, and you come face to face with, I'm going to deal with my heart. And that's what we're talking about. Every relationship has to do with our heart attitude. And when it gets good with God, it just gets good with everybody. You know? It doesn't mean you don't struggle through things or struggle with relationships or have thoughts you have to deal with. But man, you just constantly go back to seeing, but wait a minute. It's not me. He chose me. I don't have to be upset. And when you realize that you're not blaming yourself for something that someone else is doing, then you can love someone else. Did you get me? I'm going to say it again. When you're, not, when you're good with yourself, then you're not blaming other people, and you're not blaming yourself for something that someone else did. Like, well, it was just because of me, or, or whatever you, we get built up in our minds. Because when you've forgiven yourself... And somebody's angry and they have an attitude or whatever towards you in whatever way, you can begin to love them in spite of them. That's what Jesus did. In spite of you and I, He loved us. In spite of you and I, Father loved us so much, He chose us to give His only Son. Man, what a God. Last verse, two verses. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. So today, in our relationship with God, this is our part. This is God saying this to us. Trust in me with all your heart. Don't lean, don't go over there with your understanding because that's where condemnation is. In all your ways, acknowledge me. He's saying to us, this is our part. And I will direct your path. Could you ever see God directing you in a path over the side of a cliff into some horrible, terrible thing, into lack, into sickness and disease, into anything? He won't lead you into anything but His goodness. I'll read it again, just as it's written. I'm saying this to you. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will direct your path.
I have just overcome some days with the promises of God and how good that they are. Wow. Wow. And, and it's those promises that develop that relationship when you choose those and choose not to believe the lies of the enemy telling you you're not good enough. Ah, they didn't choose you. You didn't get this. What if Megan, I don't know how you, you, she got the job for basketball coach, but let's say there's, I don't know, three people that were vying for the position, and she didn't get the job. If you're in a situation like that, and it looks like you weren't choosing, you, you, choosing, you weren't chosen, it looks like there's a good opportunity to go inward and woe is me. And kind of be mad at the world. Or you, you could be, especially if you wanted something like that. But when you have a relationship with God and He wants the best for you, if I didn't get that position, God's got something better for me. And, and I can rejoice with the next coach and be all about it. It didn't mean you, you say, yeah, you'd, you'd rather have it. Okay, yeah, your preference was to have it. Just get over that. Doesn't mean you can't, disappointment won't come and those kind of things or whatever, but you get over that because you turn to the promise. Trust in me with all your heart. Do not lean to your understanding. Yeah, but God, I really, uh, yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah. No, talk to him. God, so what, what was it? Maybe over time, if that had happened, I have something I want better for you. I just want you to stay here, be all about it, be a good second person or whatever that, that person would be. Do what you need to do. I've got something better for you. And that's what you have to trust. And if you'll trust that, you won't live and operate in condemnation, walking around with, you know, your tail between your legs, feeling like nobody chose me. Oh, but Father chose you. <laughs> he chose us. Amen. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed it, we invite you to share it with someone in your life. We would love for you to connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. You can also download our app and stay connected to Gates and access to the Word of God anytime you need it. We are believing that the seed of today's Word is going deep in your heart and that you always remember God is more than enough in every situation of your life.